0: Did it go well? Justin says yes. That's he's the only one that's like, no, 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 no. I'm kidding. <laughs> mine, uh, mine, the range, decided to come on. I was going to run with you. So, um, it was chicken wings in, uh, in the middle. Of so, top ten sides, you can't barbecue. Number ten, you're really says, Stop, drop, and roll, just in case. Yeah, that's what you said. This i not, be, not a reminder. not. not. It's not. <laughs> not. It's anyway. so not. that at the same time, I learned that bacon doesn't go in the grill. I learned two pieces of information that day: fake fire and bacon. Uh, and bacon doesn't go in the grill. Reef fire and vile fire. I didn't know that. It was good though. I ate the bacon. The bacon turned out. It did finish. I was able to eat it. Oh, good. I think I had a Remember H-Sign that you said barbecue? After you're done drilling, NASA shows up to investigate the supposed rocket launch that occurred in your backyard. I would like to see your license. Yeah. Your launch license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you. do you think, Do you need a launch license? <laughs> <laughs> <You're good. laughs> you probably do. Here's yeah. Mr. Barbecue. <laughs> Some right, of right, right, <laughs> barbecue? You set off a smoke alarm in the neighbor's house. <laughs> Yeah, you should give the courtesy to to close their windows yeah. 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 the Six in the it is really <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> six times that you cannot drill. The fire status out of Colorado goes from orange to red. I alert. High alert. That's you think? Yes, I do. We need to go for, know, We need to go high alert. to for, I know, we are to stay <laughs> okay. away. Yeah. <laughs> five, five, you barbecue. Right in the summer, you never have any facial hair. You're the air. Oh, yeah. Just all. So, so, just all done, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mm-hmm. yeah. Number four, crime that you can't barbecue. The fire department has confiscated all the equipment, matches, charcoal, and they picked the cookie from your mm-hmm. okay, iPad. Yeah, you sure. mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here's your new apron. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, are fire control. yeah. the players and the players and the I need you find you. the players you. the the official supplier of players for the NHL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. and and the players the players and the players and the players and the the Lord is pleased with the smell of your burnt offering, but the guests don't want to eat it. Um. <laughs> that tastes different from That smells good. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> 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 you can't eat this. And the number one time that you can't buy the can. The state has your name and home address listed on the fire ban. Yeah. Thank you. Wait. I can't like my grill this weekend? No. <laughs>
1: Buckle up and hold on. At our church, we love God. Make no mistake about that. At our church, we believe in God's radical, unconditional, and unwavering love for us. At our church, we believe that Jesus is God. We also affirm that you may or may not believe that Jesus is God. And we're not asking you to change your belief system before you attend our church. We're simply inviting you on a journey toward Jesus. For years, churches have placed a high priority on Jesus as the get out of hell free card. At our church, we place the highest priority on Jesus as a live life to the fullest invitation. At our church, we believe every person has a dream deep inside their hearts and that God put that dream there, not for our glory, but for his. At our church, we're not concerned with where you've been, but where you're going. At our church, we believe that the Bible is God's word. It is real. It is living. It is active. We believe that people who don't go to church anywhere are not the enemy. They are real people who need the perfect love that only God can give. And we believe that God gives this love through, of all people, us. At our church, we do not and we will not display a holier-than-thou attitude toward anyone. We are all broken people. But he is putting us back together. And finally, and most importantly, at our church, we believe that Jesus really lived, that he really died on the cross, and that he really rose again on the third day. And we cannot, and we will not candy coat or water down that message, ever. Today, you've chosen to sit yourself in the middle of a very safe place to hear a potentially dangerous message. Welcome to our church.
0: Everybody, I'm so glad that you are here tonight. It's going to be a good night, and I know this weekend has been kind of crazy. Um, I'm um, hoping it's been the at the same time, but uh, I understand that the schedules are going nuts and and we're being pulled in a lot of different directions, especially when you have a week that starts off like ours did. Uh, with a Monday off, it kind of makes Tuesday feel like Monday, and then it kind of Wednesday, like, where the week go? The week is gone by so fast. So thank you guys again for coming um, and, and making church a part of your evening and making us a part of your time tonight, so thank you. I also uh, want to introduce myself. My name is Justin. I think everybody here knows. Um, but uh, um, I'm so happy that you guys... Uh, uh, give me the opportunity to come up here and teach. Um, thank you for allowing me to serve this community. It's, it's an honor. It's a blessing. Um, if you're joining us uh, and, you're, and you're like, what is going on? This is, this is church. This is how we feel. Um, so... Thank you for coming. Tonight is going to be full of hope, and I think it's going to be full of love uh, with community and with everybody around us, because uh, that's what we're meant to do. We're supposed to journey through life together and some matter around here. Nothing. It's a matter of right? So we're, we journey through life together, so that means we come together and we share life, and that's what we're doing tonight. So this week, we continue our journey in the book of Luke, just like we have been for the last few months, in fact. Um, and Luke has just been awesome. It's been just great. And we call this, this series, Book Proof. Um, and we really believe Because Jesus went through a lot of things to get to Earth. Right? He had to give up a lot of his stuff for his for his royalty. And he, he had to step out of heaven and protect them and come into our earth, our world, to meet it for us for life. So he broke through a lot. And so that's why we call it Breakthrough. And each week we look at what he's breaking through just to speak to us. Because there's so much life that happens. Life is loud, in fact. The things out there that want our attention are very loud. And Jesus has to get our attention. And how do we do With a small group What's a lot of you? What to, he compete? He, He's rich in his small voice. So we're here, we're willing, and we're ready to hear from you. So we took a verse-by-verse look at the life of Jesus through Luke. And Luke is is one of the four Gospels. It's a great Gospel. It's not like any of the other four. It's completely different. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? So so each one was written by a different person, so they have a different unique look on on what the life of Jesus was. And it was written to different audiences, so you have a different language that is used to communicate what Jesus did and what he said. But Luke is, is unique in the perspective that it was written to one person, and that one person wanted eyewitness accounts. He wanted to know the actual truth. He's heard rumors, or maybe he saw some things, but he wants to know I want to know if this is true. So go find eyewitness accounts so that these rumors can become true. So this guy, he, uh, back in chapter one, we saw, in we called him the most honorable theology. Right? So, he is a wealthy individual, and he pays Luke to go and find these stories. Luke goes, he gets his standard burden, and he becomes a personal investigator, right? Private eye. And he goes around, and he, he, he gets story after story, and if it's not from the eyewitness, it's just in a different time, right? If he speaks to the person who was actually there and actually saw it. Well, now that goes in this time. Because the eyewitness account holds more weight, it holds more respect in the in the, in the story, doesn't? it? So Luke is different in that Luke himself, when after he spoke to eyewitnesses about the life and experiences of Jesus, The full of first-hand story, Meaning that if he heard a story just once, like I said, he put it to the side, and if he heard that story once and it wasn't from the original source. Then he'd let it sit there until he could find the original source. He, he wanted to get it right, So he could bring his own point back to Theophilus and go, here is what the original source was This is what he was saying. He confirmed Theophilus is what he was hearing. So we're concerned about having our own plot, right? Right. And we, we could put ourselves in that same position of the most honorable theological. Uh, and we could just write on uh, what, what he could look to do. We don't have to pay me to do anything, because so it's already done. So thank you, theological. We're still So we get to see this, just like he did. And last week, we saw one of those accounts from Jesus' time teaching there own soul and soul. So. Right? And we were talking, and that's where the Beatitudes took place. We also called the Sermon on the Mount. Um, uh, and if you have grown up in church, you might have heard it referred to that. Um, but he's sitting there, it's like he's standing there, and so it's called, right at the edge, number six, that's the last week, it's a bowl, it's a natural executed, and there's eight to ten thousand people packed in this natural bowl. And he is thinking, without the aid of a PA system, and the person here in the back row to him and standing there. Didn't God know what he was doing when he designed that place? Absolutely. He knew that Jesus would be there and, and give this message. So he wrote right there. this week he's up and his right back, there so and so, giving the same message. This is all the same message. Because remember, if there's 8 to 10,000 people in there, Jesus isn't going to give a two minute turn, right? 8 to 10,000 people travel. That's a big deal. You know, that's not. That's not just one city. Cities and towns at that time were made up of 16 people, four families made up of a town. Right, so to pack together eight to ten thousand people, that's the whole region gathering. Yeah, I mean, Listen here, this again. So Jesus is going to respect their time and give a good speech, right? He's going to make it worth everybody's while. They travel here, they're hot, they're hungry. So Jesus is going to give them what they what they desire, next hear from him, right? So Jesus is doing this off of last week. So as part of getting ready, we're going to take a transition of this season. We we'll do this uh, probably a lot uh, often here and you can hold out your hand. Um, go ahead and sign some cell phones if you haven't done that already. Um, if you get that instruction in your way. If you haven't, grabbed your social button or whatever. Uh, go, go get one after the prayer and then focus in because we're going to start actually moving out the other night. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the night. We thank you that you have written these words, that you have gathered these stories through your, your servant youth and, and, and put them together for us to read. So God, we ask that you have us through it. We ask that you bless the word. God, we ask that we um, uh, will be open and willing to hear what your son spoke to us. So we can respond you with Amen. So we're going to pick it up. We're going to read a little bit and then we're going to stop and unpack as we go. Does that sound like a pattern? We're going to take it just a bit at a time. So, Luke chapter 6, verse 27, where we're the last minute. Jesus said this, but to you who are willing to listen and say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Lift those who, who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your suit also. give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to take them back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. That's a little bit of fun. Another light and fluffy bunch of words that others speak to them. And it's, it's crazy. Jesus, every time we speaks, he gets speak, right to the point. He just goes for it. There's no, there's no caveat. There's no, okay, this might sound harsh, so are you okay? Are you in a good mood? No, he's just going to say. This is what he needs to say. And he gets right to it. He begins with something that's counter-cultural. See, Jesus just called some disciples. Right? And then 8,000 to 10,000 people start following him. And in fact, he passed out so himself. So what he needs to do next with every movement is lay the foundation of that movement. Right? You need to build the foundation. You need to cast the vision, the principles, the knowledge, the values of what this looks like. So that's what he's doing. He started with the Beatitudes, and then he moved on to another time because this is what the kingdom is built upon. And he wants everybody to understand that this movement here is built on these values and these principles. So if you're going to follow me, this is what I'm about. So he's kind of passing kind of the vision. He's building the foundation to the kingdom he's got, he right here. So these principles and values that he unpacked are a little different than what the world asks us to do. Right well, off the bat, we see that it's a little different, right? Loving our enemies, well, right there is probably one of those things that you know sounds good, and, and I know I should, but what is the world saying me? you? The world is something completely different. See, Jesus is calling us out of the very way the world does things, and calling us into the way the kingdom of God does things. Right. He, he, he is in general, there's two distinct loving your enemies. We don't have to say it, but everybody there in audience knows what an enemy is and how going to respond to an enemy. And Jesus is saying, love them. See, he doesn't have to build both sides of this, of this metaphor, of this image, because he knows who he's talking to. And then it's left behind, see, we're reading this just how the visual audience heard it loving our enemies, what, you what, what, what is the first reaction to an enemy? Well, it's locked down, it's done. It's going cool to tell the facts, it's in my sense. Let's push forward. I'm going to fight cool cool you. Cool 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 I'm ready to do this. See, that's, 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 that's what we do. If we're meant to love our enemies, then, then we wouldn't have enemies, really. they would we? They would be family, I guess. I don't mean, know. They'd be people. We wouldn't have to have seen enemies because enemies wouldn't exist. But let me take a picture. Because love is the direct opposite of what we'd like to do in the So, love is what Jesus is asking, but it's the opposite of what most of us would like, like to do. So we need to find out what is love. And baby doesn't hurt me. Right? I hear this thing with Baby, baby. Okay. Okay, so love comes from... This is, this is good old Western today, right there. Love is to be fond of someone, to welcome and entertain, to love them dearly. The love is not just a feeling. There's another song. There's another song. The love is not just a feeling. It's an action. Right? Actions require us to choose to do something. An action doesn't happen when we're not in control. I mean, actions happen outside of us involved whether we we're paying kind of attention to them or not, those things happen. But this right here is not feeling the emotion I feel to somebody, but it's an action. Action means I have to do something. It's a cautious, cautious effort to do it. Right? I, have to, I have to choose this. I can't just let it happen. I have to choose this. An enemy, here's enemy, from Good all that seems say, an enemy is someone who opposes you. someone who is hostile to your actions and your thoughts. Now, this sounds like an enemy. I wish I would take you. Somebody who's hostile to everything I do. Including the love I show them. Right? Mm-hmm. you an enemy is going to criticize and condemn. they are not going to support and encourage we're going to criticize and condemn. But there's something more. Jesus you know, is speaking not of accident, or general accident, right and enemy, and sometimes we might find our point, and we might find our role as enemies. Um, but but Jesus you know, isn't speaking to that person, is he? He's not speaking to them. He's in fact speaking to the one who is answering one. So, Jesus is talking to our reaction. That's where he's concerned. He's not concerned with the other person. He's concerned with our reaction to that situation, or the reaction to what that other person's thing. enemy will condemn and criticize our thoughts and actions, and you can't control them. That so is outside of our control. That's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of people in our life that do exactly that, right? there's are going to be numerous, and you can't control them. The only thing we can control is what we do in response to that situation. So we can't control what happens in situations in life, but what we can control is our reactions to those situations. And what we need to know here is that the reaction to what happens is completely opposite of what the world is telling us to do. It's different, it's opposite. The kingdom that Jesus is set up is built on something opposite of what this world is going to become. So, more than one of these. This isn't just a philosophical or idea, but this is a real world thing. And in fact, when I say that it's not philosophical or ideological, that it's a real person, before I finish that sentence, you probably heard somebody pop in your mind that would categorize as, as that, somebody who criticizes and condemns, or maybe an organization or a group of people that criticizes and condemns. Now, that's what you need to me again. The person that offended you, you need love them, you can't, right? You, you can't be serious. You don't want me to love this person? This person wants nothing but to destroy me and, and, and hurt me, whether, maybe not physically, but emotionally and, and psychologically, they don't need in distress. Yeah, That's love them. Okay, okay, And need you to stop this. I want you to bless those who curse you. But the people that speak bad things about me, the people that throw me under the bus and say it's my fault that he doesn't know what he's doing, we'll be the best them. Yeah, and, and pray for those who hurt you. Okay, the people that physically hurt me, i got to pray for them? Because so, so, the complete opposite reaction in each one of those scenarios, we wouldn't want to pray for the one who hurt us. We don't want to blast the ones that preach the truth. We want to preach the light. We want to preach the mind. Let me tell you what I think about you. Right? We don't. We don't. We don't want to do that. It's a complete opposite because we're called to do something different. Something that needs to change in order for that difference to happen. And it doesn't change with the person spreading that hate. It changes by the person reacting. I, mean, I can react and get more hate. And then that just continues and struggle. And what we would like to do to people who hate us and hurt us is probably not sound good, right? We want to get revenge. We spend hours and hours plotting the demise and just wishing, okay, maybe today is the day that they'll go bankrupt, right? Maybe, maybe they'll lose all their money and then they're going to fall down. That's right? expensive. And then nothing. We're obsessed over how they will get their serving of justice, right? We can, we can work ourselves into more of a frenzy, out in their demise than what it was that actually kicked us off in the first place. Right? We don't know revenge, because that makes us feel good. Revenge is awesome. But Jesus says, turn your and, oh. I mean, where's, where's the other cheek. And whoops. I where's the left foot from nowhere, God, when they talk to me? No, no, you're turning other your cheek. It doesn't involve a close face. So it involves moving your face right? The instructor, this kind of, this right here gets a little mixed up, and I'm going to try to clear that. Christianity is not a religion of fascism, meaning that we're not called to be born, right? It's not calling us to live in an abusive situation. We're not called to live like that. This kind of the other is, is different. What it actually is, when you look at it in the culture that Jesus spoke to thousands thousand years ago, it doesn't really follow the translation over time as well. So, two thousand years ago, turning the other was a symbolic way to restore power. It was a way of regaining power because it has two things the other cheek is not based upon a ablosing, but in fact, two the things. One, it acknowledges who owns revenge. Because I'm not holding my face from striking back. I'm holding that power. I am holding the horse back from striking that gate. And two, it turns the tide of that pain. Because when I get slapped and my cheek goes down, And if I gotta turn this one, I have to stand back up and lift him in the air, right? And then offer this one. It improves humanity. And somebody who is slapped and and, and is intimidated will slap and be and stay down, knowing their place. Like, okay, I've I've overstepped my line, and I am not in in authority here. But somebody who stands back up and lifts in the air is the one who did the slap, right? Now. I'm a person. I have dignity. I have meaning too. So it turns the tide of combat. And let me let me unpack this a little bit. In Ephesians chapter fourteen, Paul says this. Or actually, says, that's how this to Moses, The Lord Himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Who is your enemy? God. I'm What do we do? Stay calm. Don't get worked up. Don't go crazy. Stay calm. God fights for you. Psalm, um, chapter 56, dated like this. Now, David has been chased by enemies. He's been cornered and poised. His life has been threatened. And then David finds it within himself to write like this. They are always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting behind me. They come together to spy on me. Watching my every step, eager to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness and your anger, O God. Bring them down. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each word in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. God is on my side. God is on my side. This is a guy that's cornered in a cave with an enemy literally trying to kill him. And he says that my tears, that I cry, they're not wasted. My tears that I cry, God is saving those for a bottle. He's saving those. And he's keep keeping them. Because that will be paid back. God, he holds your veins. He'll hold that sorrow and everything will be in your life. He tells And this is a good feeling. So you don't have to turn your teeth Causes the other person to stop and think. Right? The first hit was really played. The second hit, when it anger, and it loses the wind of his hit. Turning the other teeth requires a physical action of raising your head to that situation. This is the time there's new comedy. chapter one, James writes, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, when yeah, you get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. But so living in your enemies requires us to be slow to anger. There's no doubt. I can't give love if I'm boiling that. That means I might have to take a deep breath and work through. Luke chapter six, for step in. Luke chapter six, verse 32, verse continues. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for them? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only for those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for his full return. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be asking his children to be Most High, For he is to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Loving your enemies. You know, Jesus, Jesus hears him. He says he knows His hard. He knows it's hard. He says it's easy to love people who are just like you and who love you, it's easy to do that. That I know it's hard. It's easy to love people who are doing good to you, so it's easy to love them. Because I know it's hard. Because even sinners do that. Even sinners have no problem loving those who love them. I'm asking you to do something a little further. Love those who hate you. So you find it easy to repay love with more love. But Jesus is asking us. To replace all good with the bad. That's countercultural. Jesus is putting the world on top of itself. He's making things, he's building upright things out of upside down things, isn't he? Love and hate are complete opposites, and the only way to stop hate is to turn the tide. Hate brings more hate. It's a simple mouth for you. In, it only gets you out, right? But you put love in, you get love out. It sounds pretty fair. And I know, I know that some of these terms do. But 1 Peter, he describes this Twitter, he describes this in each other. Most important of all, for kids don't beat love for each other. Love covers a multitude of things. We know this. We know love covers a multitude of things. You know, I can't love cover some of these sensations against me. It's important. Love is a life-giving force. It brings meaning. It brings forgiveness. It brings freedom. Love is very free and expressive. Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Be on you know God stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. Keep all the nose of Christ. Keep courageous and do everything with love. Right? If love were easy, then there'd be no courage involved. There'd be no strength involved to love and do everything with Him. Forget it. See, the even Paul understands that this, this is way hard. This is what the kingdom of God is built upon. This is a principle that's a cornerstone, it's a piece of foundation. It takes a lot of courage to do these things. Anyone can fight back. Anyone can. Anyone can yell at her. Anyone can retaliate. Anyone can respond with something completely mean and just cutting somebody's bottom. Anyone can jump on a thread and do some public training. Nobody can do that. In fact, everybody's got a pass out. Right? We can know we can Anybody can rant and rant about, about what's going on. But when you refuse to repay, when you refuse to respond to the way the world responds, then people can't change Because the world is taking something. They want certain reactions out of us. Our enemy wants a certain reaction out of us. So they push, and they push, and they push, and they push. And, they push. and when you don't explode, that kind of just takes the power out, doesn't it? Well, I didn't get the response, to I thought I did because she blew out the third of them. I guess there's no, those are no from I'm just going to turn around and go home. When you respond with something completely out of the ordinary, that is peace. But do you understand the more part of something bigger? If, there's one danger that Jesus like to point out. That can keep us from doing that. Something that can keep us in the way of loving others. And this word has judgment. on it. Lord things. You see, we have a standard of judgment in our in, in world. And, and this judgment gets confused with something we do a lot And it's saying, so we we put so fairness and justice together, and we understand God's judgment is neither one of those. Sometimes His judgment doesn't make sense, does it? And it doesn't confuse because we need both judgment, justice, and fairness. But God's judgment might not be fair and just, right? So we we get those confused, and and it's not fair. We don't understand it. With parking taking, it's not fair, but you did break the law, I and mean, you did, but they said, no, I can't afford it. Well, you did park in those red zones, well, I mean, right? We place unspoken expectations on people, and we need hold them to that standard. And then when those magically don't live up to that standard, what do we do? we hold all in judgment judge for something we didn't tell them what they should be doing. But that's that's how you work, like, I mean, that's how the world works. Facing so unspoken expectations and standards on people and then getting upset when they don't meet those unspoken expectations and standards. So, Luke chapter 6, verse 37, this will be the last piece we look at for Luke. Jesus so says, do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, and it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gifts will return to you in vain, passed down, shaking together to make room for more, running over and sorting your lap. Do not your fears will be turned, and do not you back. Then Jesus gave the following illustration: Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a gift? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who are strong friends will become like the teacher. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of the friends? speck? What means help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So Jesus is a little a whatever you want to call it, but he's just going for it, right? And I can picture Jesus thinking he's grabbing whatever is laying on the side of a beach to make his point split So you read this, and this person here is, is, is a little dry in our context, right? It's is, it is kind of like, oh, he's just funny. But Jesus doesn't pack out an area of 8,000 to 10,000 people, so he's not a dynamic speaker, right? If he doesn't have their attention, then 8 to 10,000 people are not showing up to hear this one carpenter speak. He's got to have, uh, he's got to have chemistry with them. He's got to have, he speaks dynamically. And, and part of it, right now, this is Jesus being a right? We don't see it, but Jesus is being funny. Jesus is doing, in the moment, he's, he's, he's giving everybody a hard time. In fact, if, if you can't see it, let me, let me just stop, right? Right? So we've got to go we got to, got to some, some translations call this the beam, right? You want like, to get this, the piece of silence out of your eye, your friend's eye, when you have a, a beam in your eye, and he's kind of waving this thing around like this, and, and you're you, you giving people's faces. Yeah, that's right. And that's why you can't find it in the back Thank you. Thank you. You can try it too. You can wave this thing around. and has got to heavy. So Jesus is saying, literally, don't worry about the sawdust in your friend's eye when you have a lumber yard in your eye. You have a lumber yard of wood in your eye. You can't see constant. But, but that's exactly what you do, isn't it? That's exactly what we do. We assume we can do it because after all we, we We know what we can do and we do everything great. We see the fault in everybody else before we see it in ourselves. In fact, we may ignore the fault or pretend they're not bad. We might know that, that we have them, but we pretend we, we don't even bring them up or them. But we are ubiquitous to see it somebody else. We to stop. So if you want the world you've got to change, you gotta do something different. You need to love the people that hate you. You need to be less concerned about everybody else's dreams and more concerned about your dreams. Right? Those things that make you want to lash out anger, you need to have a dream and get rid of it. Take that log out of your eyes. See, remember, we as individuals are not without fault the beauty of the kingdom of heaven. It's made up with people that are full of And Jesus said it's called and asked to be part of it. make you know, all of that junk. The kingdom of heaven is built with broken people. And the reality is because our faults are so big that it takes a little grace and a lot of love to overcome those faults, doesn't it? And we've experienced that. We know exactly what that feels like when somebody offers grace to ourselves. Paul says this moment, When you were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and lived and, or died for our sins. Now most people would not be willing to die for that upright person, but someone might perhaps be willing to die for a good person, but God showed his great love for us by standing tight to die for us while we were still at It's easy to love somebody who loves you guys, isn't it? it and we'll see this. And we'll pass the you, after all. Good person or bad person will die for you. But here's our standard. Are you ready to live my Did you do everything right that I think you should be doing? Then I will love you the best We've been given this gift to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus asked us to help build it. He can't build it by himself. He knows he can't build it by himself. He calls us a Actually, to build it. Actually, he could build it by himself, but what would be the pain? He wants to exercise all this in our gifts and our and join us together with the Father in building this thing. So, because, in our image of the Kingdom of Heaven, it should be made up of good, upright people, people that have their act together, that, that, that they've removed all the logs out of their rubbish, right? And all the stuff. and you still got a little stuff right there, and you need to get that out, because this is the Kingdom of Heaven. It's going to be perfect. So, we're ignoring what we got in our house. But we have issues. We, we, have, we have, have issues. Okay? We have issues that have issues, right? We have issues. is just is what it is. God first sends us back. He gives us to perfect the imperfect, to right through the lost, to forgive the wrongs, and to bring us kingdoms in life. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey to perfect the imperfect and to right through the life. When he takes us into it, and bring it under the ground. and what we can do with it. Jesus is this building His kingdom not because of who we are, but because of who He is. Because we've experienced all this grace, we can look back and we know how big we can take an honest assessment. We know how big our log or our beam or the lumber yard is in our life. But we see words like what Paul wrote in Romans in this. You know how big of a lumber pile we have back to sit down to die for me. It's so sweet. It's so worth it. I love you. Even though your life has some issues, I love you. You don't have it all together. And we experience grace after grace after grace. In fact, like John says this in chapter 1, from his abundance, we have all received one grace as well another. In fact, in some translations, say grace upon grace upon grace. Piled on top of this. the money. And Jesus alluded to this. What I want to do is so great that, that it will be put down, taken, smashed, right? That's, that's, that's imagery of, of an oil strike. Let's get more oil in this thing. So let's take it down, get all the other words out, and let's pack it down but get more hours in it, just take it down and pack it. So much so that it will be a little and dump it right in your life. That's a lie. That's how much grace that he wants to pour out. It's worthy of clapping for him. He wants to give you hope. We all hope that we can live a life that is set free from this world because of that grace. The way this world can bless itself is hard to watch. And at times, a lot of times, we find ourselves slipping back into the air we're sleeping. God gives perfect grace, grace is exactly what we need in that And if we've been given grace, we work not to give grace. If gift-giving doesn't stop when God gives us a gift, we, in turn, give it back to everybody else. God has forgiven us. He has held us down with and not judged us no matter what's happened in our lives, no matter the, the wounds and the faults that we bring into this relationship, God didn't see that. I feel you were perfect. You're lost. I've forgiven them. I will make that wound just a few You can bring it to me. We have those days. You love us when we assign ourselves to be unlovable. That's That's great. That's the best gift you could ever receive. Jesus tells a parable in the Jesus tells a way of talking to the crowds and he tells some stories. Because when he does talk and you see words like this, it's pretty blunt to the point. So a story is a nice way to talk about the truth, right? It's a nice way to communicate something universal and valuable. And plus... The person who states the culture tells the best story, Jesus and his servant. Um, um, so, Jesus is serving the culture through this story. Matthew chapter 18, he says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his account to, up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in and he owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with of his life to his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and thanked him, Please, who takes it with you? And he will pay it off. Then his master was filled with pity, and he removed him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat, and demanded instant payment. His fellow servants fell down before him and begged for a little more time. He take it with me, and I will pay it when we But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Kind of hard to see a when in prison. When some of like the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man who was forgiven and said, "You evil servant!" I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Didn't you have mercy on your fellow servants just as I have mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man into prison to the tortured until he paid his entire debt. Yes. 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 The freedom that you and I experience changes everything. We have had our debts canceled. We have been forgiven. We've been set free. We're in the process of walking this thing out in our life. We've experienced freedom in some things, and God is still working freedom in other things. But we will experience freedom in those things. And Jesus is calling us to do the very same thing for everybody around us. People, we have experienced forgiveness in life and forgiveness in life, whatever Do you find it completely easy to forgive the ones that we love? And it's easy. You're in my life. You have the best for me. You're active in my life. So it's easy for me to forgive me. So what about the ones that we don't know? What about the ones that we never had a relationship with? What about the ones that are actively an enemy? To. The of business, can for can for for And that's and that we are in the world, and I know you've already this, our divide them. Our culture today divides, and then when they're not happy with that position. Let's divide even further, and, and we feel like we're being putted against each other. Because I may mean, hold one thing and you, know, you may hold something different. And in this world, the, if there's something happening in this country, it's a worldly problem. We need to argue to get our point to Christ, don't we? That's only something we feel we need to do. The world we'll divides until there's nothing left to divide. until you're standing there all alone, individual, all by themselves, with your thoughts in your feelings, thinking that nobody feels the way I do. You know, this all is often familiar and it doesn't come from the playbook because the world isn't that for the students. The world is being played by somebody. So our enemy wants to divide us down until so we feel we are all alone with nothing. Nothing, we can't fight that. We can't even lose our face to turn our cheeks. It's being so defeated. So if you're for something, then you must be against something. What makes us more great than that? What makes us more great? Our culture teaches us to be, to be addicted to outrage. But I mean, let's listen to me from that today. So and in the honesty work happening, that's why I can this because I find myself in these same positions. So, you watch, you read, and it doesn't make a difference. I feel like I'm sure being voted and voted into an argument. It's all over, and it's not what a world needs at this moment. I, I, I think you all feel the same way of it. This when it comes to this, that the world doesn't need more hunger. The world doesn't need more of The world doesn't need more hurt and more pain and more bitterness. It's too but that doesn't mean it's not true. What, what the world needs is life, it's grace, grace, forgiveness, and change to be broken. Because so we will always find people with disagree with us on many different levels surface levels, deep, levels. But what we do with that to affect us, to affect our long term life, these believers will always find themselves with people, there are different, different walks of life, different languages, and different friends, different people. And these people have all made their own unique choices and made their own unique pains and hurts. And we're bumping around, and we're with our pains and hurts. We will find different. We will find others. It's is, to love everybody here in this room, you love us back. But what about the others? Because there's always going to be others we're always going to find the others. It's what we do with them and how we show our God to be to them that we count. That's because it's not the God we show here; it's the God we show to out there with others. The tears, whose anger, which bleeds bitterness and causes more harm than the them hurt that was inflicted, the initial wound. This is where the damage comes from. It keeps involving that anger, and not can be bad. Anger is a bitter root. The kingdom of heaven is asking us to get rid of that bitter root and replace the behaviors and customs of this world with the behaviors and customs of the kingdom of heaven. Right? It has to to change and and we are at a point where we see in our society that something has to grow. Let's start by having reactions, which is what Jesus is saying. How do you react to it? If they don't get the response that they they expect, maybe they'll stop. The truth is so simple that it almost makes us feel uncomfortable. Do see, you have the kind of God that you represent to the world who God is. You can find that God. If that's the God of anger and judgment and and condemnation and you need to get this right in your life, you need to get that right, you can find that God in the churches. You can look through the Bible and find that God. And if you notice, that's exactly what the Pharisees say, isn't it? The Pharisees, who lived a life of a nation in darkness, pointing out everything that was wrong with everybody. Find that in Jesus. If you look at how Jesus interacted with the Pharisees, that's exactly how he interacted with them. But if we want to find the God that's loving, that's great self, that's free, people and slavery, we can find that and God. And in fact, that God will find that. If God will be to us Who you show him to be to the rest of the world. That's what that part about if you judge somebody, that's the measure of judgment they want to take upon you. The measure of judgment you take on the others, is what you're going to ultimately be held accountable for. Ooh, that does make me feel uncomfortable. That does make me feel uncomfortable. Because now this level of reasoning is placed on the new life. It's more personal. All of a sudden, we're thrust into this place where we find ourselves in a realization that we're terrible for what we do. The love we place on others in their feet will be the measure of love we will find from I know that tonight was not easy. Tonight was not a um, uh, great light, such a word from Jesus, but guys before you do those programs. It's a fact that maybe every now and then half an uncomfortable conversation. And would you expect anything less from this place? Would you expect anything less from our back? And all of us are we're willing to say maybe some uncomfortable things. But I'm proud of you guys. Because I see this community open to barriers and accept people with smile, with food, with love. we can do. it. Let's continue to get it. Let's continue to let that work in our lives. Right? Because we feel good now but it doesn't mean that it's over. It doesn't mean that there's more people out there that need to be some love and more people that need to be some grace. And ultimately, when we forgive somebody from the death, I'm releasing myself from prison. So making disciples means that we get out of ourselves and find the others. We get into the community, the we become people that are flipped off to love and grace and slow to bring anger. Let's be known for his life, the youth of death, and what he did for us. Amen? Amen. All right, I got one group discussion question for you, and it goes like this. Moving. Mm-hmm. It's coming. How easy do you find it to forgive others and bring love into a situation? Have situation. This would be enough there for on the night. So take a few minutes, five minutes, gather up in your table, dig through tonight's message, just, just answer this question and go forward